Lord Jesus, as we come before you this morning, please open our hearts and minds to hear what you have for us. Drive out all thoughts of judgment of others and give us grace to stand against our critical natures. Let us see what you have for us today. Open us to the transforming power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. When Jesus told this parable, I suspect most of the people listening were either fishermen or farmers. Any gardeners out here this morning? In years past, Bill and I have had several good-sized gardens. I love gardening. Bill, not so much. We each had our jobs. He would prepare the soil. We both would plant, I would weed, and he would fertilize. And we all enjoyed the fruits of our labors. But it wasn't without hard work on our part. Preparing the soil was not always easy, especially in the mountains of western North Carolina. The ground was as hard as a rock. Actually, it was hard red clay. Those farmers, listening to Jesus, knew what he was talking about. They knew what happened when the seed fell on hard ground. And most of us know what happens. Many seeds do not even sprout. They are there for the birds to have a free and easy meal. And those that do sprout are often spindly and weak. They try but the hard soil is just too difficult to penetrate. Fertilize and water just run off. Let's think about this for a minute. Have any of you ever been that hard soil? I know I have. There are times when I am angry or stubborn and don't want to give in. Ever happened to any of you? And when those seeds of God's word are scattered, what do they fall on? A hard heart. Have you ever been to worship and listened to the sermon and afterward you couldn't remember a word of what was said? You were too preoccupied with the anger or the bitterness in your heart to let God speak to you. Has that ever happened to any of you? I bet it has. Maybe God is speaking to you this morning. Let's look at the rocky soil. As many of you can tell by my accent, I spent much of my life in New England, central Massachusetts. And believe me, those picturesque stone walls aren't there to make the landscape pretty. Every spring, I would go out and prepare my flower gardens. And every year, I would wonder where all those rocks and stones came from. It looked like they multiplied through the winter, or they had babies. There were so many more each year. 
One year, we had just moved to a new house, our forever house, or so we thought, but God had other plans. Early in June, and yes, it was in June because in Massachusetts, you don't go out and plant anything before Memorial Day, I went out to prepare the flower gardens in our front yard. I started digging. No easy matter with all those stones in areas that had never been dug up before. And I thought I had dug deep enough, so I carefully planted these very pretty, deep, red impatience. I watered, and I fertilized them, and was very pleased at how the front yard was shaping up. I made sure to keep watering them and keep the weeds away. But about four weeks later, I noticed that several of them were becoming spindly and not looking very healthy. Within a few days, these plants were, for all practical purposes, dead. So off to the nursery I went to buy replacements. This time, I got out a shovel, not just a trowel, and dug deeper. And you guessed it, I hit solid rock. There are times when we all read scripture or hear a sermon that really speaks to us. We listen carefully and even take notes and promise to ourselves to implement what we have heard into our lives. And how long does that last? A week? A month or two? maybe even a year or two, and then we hit solid rock in our hearts. And all of those good intentions go down the tube. Now, I don't know what it's called, and Betty Treen told me after the last service, and I didn't write it down, so I don't remember. But growing everywhere in our yard here on Hilton Head is this vine with kind of heart-shaped leaves and thorns all over it. You know what I mean if you do any gardening. I bet many of you have done battle with this vine as well. And as hard as we have tried, and another five-leafed vein that the, the um, vine that the leaves are in clumps of five, have just about killed one of our azalea plants. And as we try to get rid of this vine we inadvertently kill more of the azalea plant. These vines are choking this beautiful plant. Is there anything choking your spiritual life? Any old angers or bitterness or fears that you have been harboring? Oh, you say, I've dealt with those. Really? And are you sure they still aren't there? Is there anything that pushes your buttons? That just may be something hiding deep down in your heart that you thought you had resolved. But it keeps pushing its way up and it chokes you. Chokes the scripture you just read or the sermon you just heard or the lesson you just listened to on the radio. And it won't let go. And then, 
There's that seed that falls on the good, well-prepared soil. You've dug deep. Even used a rototiller. Oh, that hurt. You broke your back getting rid of all those rocks and stones. And you've pulled out that root of bitterness that was planted deep down in your heart. So very painful. You made the choice to die to yourself. And you were willing to be transformed into the person God created you to be. The soil is ready for the seed. And lo and behold, it produced a bumper crop. 30, 60, even a hundredfold of what was planted. What joy that brings. What kind of soil is your heart right now? It seems to me that in different stages of our walk with the Lord, our hearts are different types of soil. Sometimes they can bounce from one to another in a very short period of time. Some hearts become so hard that the fruit doesn't even have a chance to flourish and grow. Most with hard hearts know that their hard heart is hard, and sadly, they don't really care. They are an easy target for the enemy. For some, they just turn to their own way and are lost. Others, when faced with the hardness of their hearts, turn to Jesus and plead with him to soften them. They repent and begin to dig around those roots and go deeper, trusting Jesus to lead the way. Other hearts get so excited when they first hear the word, but sadly, since their roots aren't cultivated, there's no discipleship, no Bible study, that when they are faced with the problems and difficulties in this life, their excitement fades, and they quickly wander away, showing no staying power, no perseverance. Some leave, never to return. While others, when reminded of God's word and promises, turn to him and dig deeper, breaking up the rocks that prevent them from growing. Then there are those who hear the word and receive it with joy, committing themselves to a deep walk with their Lord, only to be ensnared by their worries and wealth and the things of the world, and are eventually choked by those ties to this life that their walk with the Lord becomes stale and the fruit that began to grow withers and dies because it does not receive the water and nourishment of the word to survive. These people often find they are so tired from all the worry that they need to sleep in on a Sunday morning. And, well, the pledge can wait. That new car is calling their name. Sometimes, as they read the messenger or look at the e-zine, Sometimes they realize that it is Jesus that they are missing. That maybe 
they should give it another shot. Get up on Sunday morning. Write that check for the offering. Dig around those roots. Pull out those thorns. Nourish their hearts and go deeper. Now we come to all those seeds that are planted in the good soil. They bury the word in their hearts and fertilize it and water it. And it brings forth a huge crop, bearing so much more than was sown in the first place. These are those who have made it a commitment to pick up their cross daily and follow Jesus. They are the ones who commit to die to themselves. And those are the ones whose heart's desire is to be transformed into his image. Now, nowhere does it say that this fertile ground has no sto stones in it or no thorns. But these hearts are the ones that persevere through the back-breaking work of digging out those stones and the painful work of digging up those thorns. It seems to me that at different times in our walks, we all go through these different types of soil. And I ask you, where is your heart this morning? Do you let the enemy get the best of you? Do you hear a good sermon only to forget it once you walk out the door? Or do you sit there in the pew ruminating all the problems you have or the worries that drag you down and totally miss what God is trying to say to you? In this economy, do you so worry about finances so that you put your trust in them to the exclusion of all else? Or have you been cultivating that soil, loosening it up to keep the vines and thorns out and to let the water and fertilizer in? Is your Bible worn and torn, or does it look like it's never been opened? Again, where is your heart this morning? How does your garden grow? But is this parable just about the soil and the seeds the farmer sows? Or is Jesus getting at something else here also? Even the farmers listening to him must have thought that either the farmer wasn't too smart, sowing seeds on the trodden, hard path and among rocks and thorns and vines, or they realized that Jesus was trying to tell them more, more than about the condition of the soil or about the circumstances of this life. He seems to be wanting them and us to go deeper into this parable. He wants us to see that this story relates to how we live and about our relationships with others and with him. Most of us know about consequences. One of the things I tried to teach the children in my teaching years was that life is full of choices that we have to make and that there are consequences to those choices. I would ask them what the consequence would be if they made a bad choice, a bad decision. But we would not only talk about 
probable or possible punishment, but we talk about how the bad choices made them feel inside. And I'd contrast that with the consequences of making a good decision, a good choice. I think that is some of what Jesus is doing here. It is important to see what kind of dirt you are. But there is still more to this story. We would not go and sow seed on the pathway or on rocky ground, nor would we sow it where the thorns and briars grow. So what else is he telling us? What are the two things that these four different types of soil hold in common? The seeds and the sower. As far as we know, the sower, Jesus, sows the same seeds in all four types of soil. He tends them with the same hard work, the same devotion, the same hope for a good harvest, and the same care. He doesn't seem concerned just about the type of soil, its potential, or its obedience. That is for us to be concerned about. Jesus is not saying that the hardened heart is not a place to sow his seeds and that it was a waste of time to sow those precious seeds in with the stones and thorns. No, it's not the quality of the soil that is paramount here, although it is important. It's more about the sower, God himself. The type of soil we are is not the central theme here. God is. To me, this is another picture of the way God is transforming us. As I said earlier, at different stages in our lives, we are one of these different kinds of dirt. But God has planted his word into our hearts. He wants to sow his life into our lives. He wants us to be transformed into his image, the image into which we were created. This is his plan for all the nations. At times such as these, it is sometimes difficult to remember that God is still out there sowing seeds into the hearts of all people, no matter their nationality, no matter their culture. In the harvest that is to come, he wants to gather us all to himself. This parable is about God's faithfulness and about his love for each and every person. For those children crossing over our southern border and for the Jews and the Muslims fighting it out in the Middle East. He is sowing seeds all over in all sorts of soil. Every part of our lives has been sown with the seeds of God. And we all know what happens to seeds. So how does your garden grow? Please pray with me. Lord Jesus, as you, as you sow seeds of life 
into the soil of our hearts. Open our hearts to receive the seeds of your word, to receive Jesus, to nourish the seeds and cultivate them that we might bear fruit 30, 60, or 100-fold more than was sown. Deepen us, Lord, that we grow strong and faithful and allow you into the depths of our hearts in order that we might be transformed into your image and help us so to die to self that fruit you planted within each and every one of us will bring joy to your heart and peace to our souls. In your precious name we pray, amen.